had the good fortune to sit down with Chef Mark McEwen, who is the head judge on Top Chef Canada, which premieres in its sixth season on the Food Network Canada at 10 o'clock this Sunday night. And I don't think he expected to be talking about hot yoga off the top of the interview, but that's exactly what happened quite organically. The hot yoga thing, that's I started doing that this year. Oh, you did? Where? I was, I was so humbled. Yeah. In Florida, I did it for the first time, and we, we wandered into an advanced hot yoga class, and I was driving home in my car, and my leg was shaking on the accelerator. <laughs> I've never felt that physically spent in my life. No, I hear you. My first hot yoga class, too, I thought, uh, I didn't realize I had this many uh, pores to sweat from, because <laughs> it's falling off me, and I'm looking around at these women that are just kind of glowing, and I'm sweating like a guy laying bricks. And I'm feeling better now because I was exactly that person. Yeah, but you're a guy. Yeah, yeah. And here the, I am. I don't have the glow. I'm getting better, though. I'm getting better. The but. woman next to me was like a gazelle. Mm, she know. could manipulate her body. It's just not normal. And she was 90 because you were in Florida. No, she was like a good 35 perfect, right? <laughs> there wasn't anything. She, I guess we know the sweet age now. She, she, oh, we were only, I hope we are. No. <laughs> <laughs> she was a good 35. Yeah, and she yeah, was but, but I was I was uh, quite amazed at what she was capable of doing for an entire hour and a half. Oh yeah, and at about the fifty minute stage, I started to really flounder. Yeah, and then I was I lied there like a, a hippo in a puddle of water. And so <laughs> after the class, though, did you go again? Oh no! Oh no! That's oh no! It, I've, you're I've, out? I've gone back, but oh, never, back. never never to an advanced right. Oh no! So so you're starting out slow. What are you doing? Like the slower deep flow. Yeah, well, yoga is funny because you use these weird little connective muscles that you typically don't use. So the first time you go in, you feel really weak, even if you know you're strong in other ways. It's it's very humbling. Yeah, like yoga, you don't really think like anybody who thinks yoga is easy has never done it. True. So true. Sorry, there is something that I found out about yoga this year that I'm going to pass on to you because it's amazing. More people should be doing yoga, especially as they get older, because they they didn't believe that you could improve your bone density. You know, as we get older, we lose density in our bones. They're actually finding that because of the movement of using all of the, you know, those those little muscle groups, the connector muscles, yeah, that it actually stimulates the uh, bone um, cells to to grow. So they're finding that there's actually, it's not a huge increase, but it's not a decrease. People that do yoga into their older ages, their bones well, actually. Now that I'm almost officially a senior citizen, I better get to Come it, on. right? Come on. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it happens to everybody. No, I'm going to get, I'm going to do more and more of it. I think it's one of these things that you have to do for a while just to train your mind and your body. And then it feels better. And then all of a sudden you'll get it. Like the first few times you could easily quit. Yeah. Easily quit. Well, that, isn't that the way with everything that's difficult and then it's rewarding? Yeah. It's like doing legs in the gym. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about the gym. I, I know about the yoga studio, but not the gym. I will say this, and I think I should. It wasn't a tip. Hey, Mark, you're getting older. Make sure you continue with <laughs> yoga because you're bone density. No, no, no. I turned 60 this year. And it's, Did you? Uh, yeah. It's kind of an amazing number because I, I never thought about my age before. And now I find I think about it quite often. Like 60. What do you think about it? Just that it's north of, moving north of 60. It's just the next number is 70. And that's kind of a funny mental space. You skipped 65, which is senior citizen, went right to 70. Oh, I know. (laughs) You like the round numbers. Well, I look at how fast a decade goes by. Like I, I sort of measure it in what we've done and where the kids are and what dog we have. And 10 years goes by like, like mm. a heartbeat. So I want to focus on the 10 years in front of me. Yeah, so do you have a 10-year plan then? 
I do. I want to have fun for 10 years. I'm going to work hard, but I'm going, yeah. to, have, I'm going to have a lot of fun at, yeah. the sa- at the same time. That's the. Do you think that's something, is, is there a certain age where you realize and you get to in your career where you go, you know what? I've done this, I've accomplished this, now I want to have fun. I mean, we start out, you know, just wanting to have fun all the time, and then somewhere along the lines, we forget to have fun, and then we remember. Do you, do oh, yeah. Like, there's many moments in your life where it's just all serious. Like, you've young kids, you have early early stage businesses, you have debt, you have all those things. Like, I'm at a stage in my life where I, I don't need to impress anybody, and I don't feel the urge to. Uh, feel very comfortable in my skin, and I want to focus. I want to slow the clock down. I don't know if that's possible, but I want to focus on the day a little bit more and not always be thinking the next quarter, the next quarter, the next quarter, and that's typically where you go. Like We have almost 10 businesses now. Wow. We have a couple more opening this year and lots of people, and it can really get away from you. Like You cannot have a life if you don't actually extract yourself from it and make yourself do things. Did right? you consciously have to say to yourself, you know what, this is the time, I'm gonna start having fun? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there were years when I, honestly, and this, this is not an exaggeration, I would work 17 hours a day. You'd start in the morning at eight o'clock, you would leave at midnight. You'd go home, you'd kiss the babies, you'd go to bed, you'd wake up the next day, drop them off at school, go back and do it again. My, my wife and I did that for years and years and years. Uh, not complaining, and then you get to a point in your life when you have some options, boy, you better exercise them. Right? Hard to exercise, though, no? Hard to step away and delegate and say, okay, you're no, going to trust no, you? No, 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 I love to delegate. Oh, really? But was uh, it hard at the beginning, or were you just sure, always like, okay? Sure, sure. Very hard in the beginning. Uh, my greatest joy is when I come up with an idea, I find a location, put all the people together, watch it open, nurture it through, and then sit on a park bench and watch it from across the street. I think that's a lot of fun. You've created this this thing that churns and moves and employs people and people go and have fun, mm-hmm. creates energy. And it's uh, for me, that's the most satisfying thing with the business. So I always look for that park bench mm-hmm. or that vantage point so you can sort of look at it from a distance. Very, very satisfying. I've done a lot of interviews and I've interviewed just different people. I love to find out where those ideas happen. So for a chef of your caliber, a restaurateur, a businessman, celebrity now, where do those ideas happen because for musicians it can happen anywhere are you distracted like a lot of times people have great you know ideas when they're in the shower not to get too intimate with you mark i know we just <laughs> met and we have had a discussion about hot yoga so we've well yeah yeah bonded here but where are you having those ideas are is it when you're just you know chopping some onions doing something mundane and routine in the kitchen well, I, I don't think those it's not like you come up with some brilliant idea for a a stage play or a, a movie or to write a book or uh, you may come up with some different dishes. For me, it's mainly an opportunity comes your way. You see a location, you see a potential, then the people come to you and you have a discussion. You look at the potentials, you look at the people you have in the operation, who needs to move up, who needs to be challenged. And it's sort of always happened in a natural way that uh, I said no to 50 deals and then I said yes to two because they felt right, right? So it's very random. But being open. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very random process, and there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. You just have to kind of stick with it and trust your gut. And, you, you know, you won't always make the right decisions. Uh, but I've never closed a restaurant. I've never failed at a business, knock on wood. Wow, you've never uh, f- closed a restaurant. That's, the odds of that 
I'm beating those odds, huge, because I believe that most restaurants close down in their first three years of existence, correct? Yeah, there's a high average there. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a high failure rate like there is in retail clothing. Don't make uh, it sound easy, Mark. There's people out there listening to us right now that are thinking, oh, I've always wanted to open a restaurant. Not easy, right? No, it's, it, it's, a, it's a crazy business. Like You really have to understand it on a basic level. You need to understand the money side of the business and how to run it. It's not just being an artist in the kitchen because those are typically the ones that fail first, mm. right? Like you really have to understand the mechanics of it and uh, run your accounting well and do all those ABC practical things. And then hopefully uh, you have a good sense of taste and a good sense of style and people kind of connect with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Is uh, there ever a worry that your sense of taste and sense of style is beyond the, you know, w- what most people see as taste and style so you're kind of like above their you know it's over their heads they're not going to get this that's a very interesting comment from you why because i look like i'm not hey you just ran into this interview all no 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 a lot of a lot of people don't understand chefs try to be sometimes too creative Mm. and what they do is they over create and they lose their audience Um, because they're immersed in food all day long they're always looking for the next thing uh, oftentimes what people want is exactly what they had the last time they were in your restaurant. Mm-hmm. So to maintain, a, yeah, to maintain a certain sense of favorites on your menu, uh, you want people to come back because they love something, right? So uh, to do the daily card where everything changes every time you walk in a restaurant, the menu's different. I, as I've gotten older, what I like is a little more tradition. I just like to cook well. I don't have to be the most innovative, but I want to nail the the delivery on the food every time, mm-hmm. right? So that simple pasta is simple pasta and perfectly done branzino has a crispy skin, but the, the, the flesh is supple and the acidity is on the plate right. You know, you're not recreating anything, but you've, you've done a beautiful job of it. Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that, that's where I, I think about food. Sim- simple dishes. So one of the most difficult things is to edit. And what I've been trying to do in my own kitchen, I'll buy all these groceries and I love to cook. Right. And I've realized you're overcomplicating things, just like you said. And I'll try and scale back and go, you get three ingredients and see what you can do with these three because then the ingredients get to shine. You're not muddying everything. Yeah, yeah on, top chef, on Top Chef, we tell the, the young chefs this all the time. Don't, don't try to be too creative. Try to land your dish uh, if you spend all your time on presentation and the dish doesn't taste good, it ends really badly, right? So a dish that looks fairly simple, pedestrian, could could win the day because it tastes so amazing, right? So following those basics, and like you say, if you have a cauliflower puree, it's to die for. And you have brown butter on top of it, mm-hmm. but you have the right salt in the brown butter, you have a little bit of lemon juice to finish it so it's bright. You couple that with a little piece of fish that's been perfectly sautéed. Boom, you've got a winning dish. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Mark McEwen, uh, Chef Mark McEwen, I should say, uh, who is the lead judge, the head judge on Top Chef Canada, which will uh, have a season six premiere this Sunday night. So, Mark, how do you you keep people, the average person who's not a Top Chef, interested after six, you know, five seasons, you're going into season six in a cooking competition with people. This is not like watching one of those cooking shows, which I am addicted to, by the way. I love the whole format. But watching one of those cooking shows where it's like somebody like you that cooks in the kitchen like Kelly does, <laughs> you know, competing and sweating it out with other people to impress yeah. these judges. It's real chefs. Well, that's the difference between Top Chef Canada and every other show. Uh, amateur cooks are amateur cooks. 
the chefs we have on Top Chef Canada are, are aspiring, professionally trained chefs that are just ready to make that leap to be the executive chef, to own their own restaurant, to prove their worth. And they have a lot to show us. Like they have a lot of moxie, a lot of confidence, a lot of insecurity. They want to put it out there. They want to be recognized. They're at that stage in their game. So uh, that's what brings people back to Top Chef Canada. Number one, they're real chefs. Number two, these are real challenges with great food under tough conditions. So it's good cooking. Like this past season, season six, and that's amazing we've done, we've done six seasons. Yeah, right? it is great. I'm really proud of that. Uh, it's gotten better and better and better. Uh, this year we had some just extraordinary cooking, beautiful flavors, like simple dishes that just you, you tasted them and you're like, wow, you did that in 25 minutes. I can't believe it. How did you do that? Where actually they schooled us on a few, in a few areas. Oh, really? Where I didn't know the technique that they used on, on, on preparing those flavors and developing those flavors. So it was very, very interesting. It was at that level, and that's how exciting it was. And then, you know, you bring Chris and, and Janet and Mijun into the game and, and Eden. They all know food really, These are the really, judges for people. They, that are all, they all know food really, really well. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have an amazing, robust judging table. And it's all about real product. Does it almost come to blows at times? Like, I mean, do you ever think, no, you're crazy thinking this is good. You know, to another judge that says, oh, I love this. The brightness is here. And you're thinking, what are you talking about? Do you ever disagree? Sure. We do disagree. And do you Uh, have to bite your tongue? No. No, I just speak my mind. I I say it the way I I see it and and the way I experience the meal. Where it gets a little more complicated is as the season goes on, it's funny how people can develop... Uh, a connection with a chef. Uh, oh, there's favoritism. Not favoritism. And I make sure this never happens. But it, <clears throat> there's a bias that can happen. You know, like, well, uh, clearly the, we have a, like, y- you, if you, you met me on the street, you go, yeah, I like Kelly, we're getting along great. But you, maybe I came in and rubbed you the wrong way, you might think otherwise. Right. So, so uh, for the purpose how we, of how everybody we, listening, how, I've not touched him <laughs> at all, just so you know. How we combat that is, is, Every day is a new day. You can never look in the rearview mirror. You can never say, oh, the last three dishes this chef did were so fantastic, and this dish is really bad, so that person's going to go home for this dish. Well, they have to go home. Really? They have to go home. You Why? Can't, he can't you say, well, they're no. having an off day? Can't you have an off day, Mark? It's not. It's not allowable in the kitchen? It's just not the way it works. Wow. Because, I guess because in the real world. Because then it becomes very subjective. Right. right. Then how do you, how do you gauge it could be personal, it could be this, it could mm. be that. So we try to keep it really true. So invariably what we have is some really hard moments where you're sending someone home, you don't want to send home. And that's hard. That's do, very hard. Do you ever think, oh my gosh, I could be responsible for ending their career because their spirit is just crushed? You feel badly because you've deflated them. For, yeah. For sure. Uh, because they cook so well prior they're still going to look great on the shelf. Could you have uh, given them the kick in the pants that they need to be a better chef, though, by kicking them off? Well, exactly that. Uh, and, and every person that's gone through the ringer, once they've they've cried their heart out and gotten home and realized, I didn't win, they realize it was fantastic, right? So they all they all come around. But at the moment, it's, it's very dramatic. Uh, it's very emotional for them. Like, they're there for five weeks. Mm-hmm. If you stay the whole, if you run the whole gauntlet, you're there for five weeks. We run your life. What's your typical shooting day? 12 to 14 hours. Do you ever get home and think, oh, I, I can't eat? Because, you know, you're tasting all these dishes. 
Oh yeah, you know, and and then I'll I'll pop in and get a fast food burger on the way home. Is that is that the chef that that's the chef guilty pleasure, isn't it? Once in a while, it's the the full on fat. Yeah, mouth when you've feel. when you've been eating fancy food all day, sometimes all you want is a is a simple sandwich of sorts, right? So, if you're going to if Mark, we're in the car right now. We've been eating a you know Top Chef all day. Uh, you're like, I want to drive through. You have your choice. Which one am I driving to? Oh, I can't say. For your guilty pleasure. <laughs> My guilty pleasure. Yeah, what is it? A Big Mac? Is it a Whopper? No, I, I would say that for me, the best burger, if yeah. you're going to drive through and get it, funny enough, would either be Harvey's or Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen? You go to the old Brazer, huh? Brazer. They wow. They barbecue their, their uh, burgers. They have very good meat. Uh, when you eat it, it's like eating a good old-fashioned American burger. And I'm an American boy, American-Canadian yeah. boy. So that's that's like very reminiscent of way back in the cottage days when I was a kid. Where did you cottage? Turkey Point, Ontario. Nice. I know it. There's That's where they brew. Uh, they, they grew a lot of tobacco I up in to, that I area. used to work in tobacco. Did you? Okay. I, I was the fastest primer on the on the. What's on the a primer spider, for, for? As a picker. Okay. So you're the guy that, or the person that picks the tobacco. It's but, a tough job, right? <clears throat> oh, it's a it's a long day. It's yeah. a, a nasty, dirty day, and you have your arms are coated in nicotine when you're done, which at at the time you never thought about. What is that like? Is it like a liquid? It's like tar. Wow. It's like like your arm is full of black tar, so absorbing into your skin. Oh, that so can't I, be healthy. So I've never smoked a day in my life. <laughs> well, but I probably well, <laughs> I probably have the the concentration yeah, level. I don't know. At least in one arm, it's the uh, it's the right it's arm. The players, the 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 blue pack, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about that because do you think that had a lot to do with getting you ready to be a chef? <laughs> because I would assume that one of the most underestimated things about becoming a chef and the people now we look at you guys like rock stars. I mean, first of all. You're dressed well today, so you look a bit like a rock star. You're very, you're very kind. No, I'm being honest. Uh, people listen to the show. No, I'm not kind. I'm honest. So, I mean, I think young people look at that and think, okay, I'm going to be a chef. Do you think the um, the hard work that goes into it, that grunt work, is something that is so completely underestimated? Completely underestimated, yeah. They have no, they have no idea what they're getting into. Uh, it's a very rewarding career if you're built for it. Uh, but you have to understand where you're going. So if, if you want to be an accomplished chef in a very busy restaurant and produce high-quality product, you have to go through the ringer to learn what a kitchen is from back door to front door in order for you to be a, to be a capable chef in an environment like that. And, and people completely underestimated. I remember when I was 18 years old and I decided in my last year of high school that I was going to go into culinary instead of hotel school. And I told my family that I was going to go to be a cook. There was complete silence at the dinner table. They just looked at me. Like you can hear a pin drop. No one knew what I was talking about. You're going to go to culinary school. I said, I'm going to get my cook's papers. Do Did your a, mom point at the stove and go, just get started, buddy, here, right <laughs> no, now? My, my, my grandmother said, I, what does that mean, Mark? You're going to, you're going to cook chickens? I, I said, probably, Grandma. At, at some point in time, I'll, I'll cook a chicken. No one had any clue. It, it was, and when I told my friends at school, they looked at me like, "Oh, you're going to shop school. You're going to vocational school." Like it was really looked down on. Yeah, it's so funny. And now most of them would love to be a chef. We're or, talking with Chef Mark McEwen. Mark, did you ever take Grandma into one of your restaurants and cook her that chicken? Did you ever do no, that? No, 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 
know that they kind of expired just as I was getting into mm. being able to do that. But my my parents loved it. Mm-hmm. My my mother my mother just passed this past year at ninety four. She loved the restaurant business. She just thought it was so exciting. Started out in hotels, moved into restaurants, built multiple restaurants. But it's a very it's a very exciting way to make a living. Uh, when you meet the who's who of the city, and they want to be your friend just because you fed them well. So, how many jobs can you find out there that are fall into that category? Listen, we had a kid that I went to grade school with. Her name was Navira Demello. She was an only child, and her parents would bring her like big bags of Tostitos. And we all wanted to be her friends. So there's something to that. It's yeah, it starts at a young age. You're like, who has the best snacks? I am with you at the lunch table, right? Yeah, it's amazing the people you meet and uh, the, the opportunities I've had over the years to uh, become friends with all these people. So very exciting. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. And if I had to go back and do it again, uh, I might pick my path a bit differently, only because you know what you know now. Mm. But I would, I would still be in the game. Like I love the business. Love, I love the whole concept of creating and creating that energy. And I remember the first job I had was at Mindy's Wine Cellar in Northtown Plaza in Buffalo, New York. I was a dishwasher, so I was a really good dishwasher. And they needed a cook, so they grabbed me from the kitchen, brought me in, out into the front, and they taught me how to make a club sandwich. That was the first thing I made. And uh, Sitting back there watching the energy of the clients moving in and out and the, the service staff, I fell in love with the business. Just uh, very few industries are that connected to people when mm-hmm. they're having a good time. When it goes well, very special. When it goes south. And I've when, been when, the waitress in the weeds. Oh, my God. When it go, when a service goes it's, south, it's horrifying. It's awful. It's worse than being oh, yeah. on the radio and having it go south. I'm not oh, kidding because yeah. you know that you really – you're so completely exposed, which sounds silly because that's what I do for a living. And, you know, when it goes south on the radio, you're there, but you feel like you're more, people are more forgiving if it goes south on the radio. But if people are starving and they're getting hangry and you've screwed up their meal, (laughs) try, no, you can't, it's not, it's unforgivable. The sin has been committed. You you understand it. You know, when you're doing 300 dinners and you start to get behind, Mm -hmm. it really starts to impact itself. To get out of it takes a long time and a few apologies and you buy a few things, but boy, when you when you sit down at the end of the night after a night like that, you feel every nerve ending in your body. And that's when being a chef is like crazy, mm-hmm. really hard. But when the nights go perfectly, it's like magic. So it's, it's like doing theater, but it's a different game every night. Mm-hmm. It's, not as, it's not as perfectly choreographed because customers come at you different velocities, different requirements. Some are easy, some are hard, some are late, some are early. And it has a natural, weird flow that you have to control. I know we're getting away from Top Chef Canada, which is the reason why I have you here. But as a restaurateur, talk about the way you navigate social media now. Because, you know, I've heard some horror stories from friends in the city that, <coughs> that are chefs that have people come in, really uh, not well-behaved people at times, and then say, I'm a blogger, I want it comped. Uh, I seldom have that happen with us. Uh, I've had no issues with bloggers. You know, you you go on to Yelp and all these different sites, and there's always a couple of angry people out there that have something to say. But generally, the feedback is very positive. I don't pay too much attention to it. I look at social media where I try to put out there what I'm, I'm happy about what we're doing. 
just to show people where we are at any given time, mm. what's coming out of the kitchen, what our thoughts are, if we're doing a new restaurant. Like I have a new place opening in, in May, and I have an, a new food store opening in October. Well, let's, let's not just skip over that, Mark McEwen. What's the new place opening in May? So we're doing, in, in TD Center, we're doing an express version of Fabrica, which is my Italian restaurant. <clears throat> Pardon me. So we're doing Roman pizza, Roman mm. hot sandwiches, hot table, cold table, very quick pastas, but everything handmade, everything quick service. Uh, so you come down, you want a $20 lunch with beverage. That's that's exactly why you would come to Fabrica. Mm. So that opens in May. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, love Italian food. Uh, it, it should be very special. That, that uh, you're talking directly to me because I get back from like two weeks in uh, I'll be landing in Rome in May oh beautiful and then you know I always hanker for the Italian food after I get back and I have to make it <clears throat> so I'm looking for a place where I can get it and get it quick so that's uh, that's good and authentic yeah and then we're doing uh, another McEwen Foods at Young and Bloor mm-hmm. so in the uh, in the big 72 story building on the southeast corner we have a 17,000 square foot food store going in there and it, what, are you going to be market style or? Market style, I would say 80% of it will be prepared food, mm-hmm. 20% edited grocery that I think is sort of important items. But it's not a traditional grocery store. It's more you come in and you buy your food to eat that day, the mm. next day. I love that. You know, sustainable grocery, but I don't have grocery aisles, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about the fresh side. Mm-hmm. So we'll have spits with porchetta and rib roasts and Cornish game hens and all sorts of food. You know, just for the simple folk. It's going to be fun. It's it be will fun. be fun. Let, you, you were talking about items that you need. What is one item that you think is, is uh, essential for the kitchen? <clears throat> Pardon me. I think every pantry should have uh, good salts, good olive oil, San Marzano tomatoes, double zero flour. Like really What's good a double zero flour? And I think I could. It's just a, it's just a hand-milled Italian flour. Okay. It's great for- To make your own pasta. For making pasta, pizza. But what if you're in a rush? You're an average person listening well, right now. It's not going to make standard flour would be fine. But then you have you have good. <laughs> You're olives. still wanting us to make our own pasta for the love of Pete. Well, then just buy a good quality dry, okay. right? Okay, all right. But you know, having great capers and, uh-huh. and good preserved Italian chilies and oil, so that you can make a puttanesca quickly, mm-hmm. right? So you have the tomatoes, you, you have, olives. You have olives. You have capers. Boom, 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 boom. You can grab two pieces of fish, sauté them, and you make dinner in 15 minutes. Uh, those, those, those to me. If if you're a cook, and you understand how to cook, and you and you like it, those are the those are the essentials, right? Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging ingredient to cook with that people mess up? Well, I would say in general, uh, cooking fish and seafood. Overcook. Overcook. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Why do you think that is? Just lack of experience, right? So if you if you take a branzino or an arata. Uh, you want you want that skin left on. You want so you want scales off. You want bones out. You want the skin to caramelize because that's where all the flavor is. Uh, but you want the meat to be supple. So it's all about having pan temperature and knowing when to move it, when not to move it, and you have to mess up a few to get it right. So even even good cooks are typically bad cooking fish. You have to experiment. You have to find that sweet spot. Well, you have to, yeah, you have to have a feel for it. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people just don't have hand feel. Is that why people, you know, I'm, I'm amazed at people saying, oh, I don't have time to cook. 
and I think, oh my gosh, it's so simple cooking. Uh, what, what do you mean you don't have time to cook? Is it because they uh, just don't do it enough? They haven't exercised that muscle? They're intimidated by it? Totally. All, all of the above, for sure. But my wife always, uh, she, she laughs. She says, there's nothing in the fridge. Why don't you make dinner? <laughs> and I can make dinner. Yeah, of course you can. Right. Uh, whether If there's four eggs in the fridge, I can make dinner. Mm. Uh, I can take a little one chicken breast or look at the look at the pantry and see what we have and I can always prepare a nice meal. Uh to me I find it fun. I find it relaxing. You have a glass of wine, you put some music on. I I do a lot of cooking at the cottage. I get to look at the mm-hmm. at Georgian Bay and drink my glass of whatever, a little Pinot Noir mm-hmm. and and cook. And uh we have friends over all the time. Sounds so. like a nice life. Well, I, I do have a nice life. Yeah. I have a very nice life. Good stuff. Nice, nice, ba- nice balance now. You got you to gotta do that because you're looking at 70. It's right there. You told us at the beginning of the interview. <laughs> it's 10 years it's out. Just it's just This is out. the fun time, Mark. This is it. But it's just that thing where you never never thought about my age before, mm-hmm. right? We all get there. We, I'm not where you are yet. And I'm not, of course. Ask, I'm not asking your age. <laughs> no. That's very, that's very kind of you. <laughs> you're a sweet man. Uh, so Top Chef Canada airs this Sunday. It's the sixth season. What should we be... Give us a little background on what we should maybe keep in the back of our minds that that other viewers will not know when watching that show. Like, is there something going on behind the scenes that we can think, oh, you know what, uh, Mark McEwen told me this is going on, or you know, you know, I can't answer that question, or right? you know, a stressful they'll, they'll, situation. They'll, they'll, they'll fire me. They won't fire. No, me. I, I, I know you have to sign the I, paper. No, I, and everything, I think what's but... really interesting is uh, who you think is going to win mm-hmm. uh, and who lands up winning is often. Two very different things. And I think this season, there was a whole bunch of upsets this season, which I think will, I'm really interested to see what people say about that. You have just attracted every gambler <laughs> listening to this show yeah, because that's what people love. They like picking right. their favorite and they like seeing how, because if they win, they win. Because I was, I can usually pick a winner in the, in the first three shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wrong. Really? I was wrong this year. Wow. Right, I was right in one way, but that's not the way it landed. So, mm-hmm. and it landed that way because that was the right decision. So, interestingly enough, uh, we're still surprised uh, six years later. But the amazing thing for me is just the quality of the cooking mm-hmm. and the technique that these chefs brought to the table. Like these these chefs were very very talented. Six seasons in, what have you learned about being a television personality? Just relax and be yourself. Right, it's the key. That's the only thing you have. Like the great thing about Top Chef Canada, it's almost like going on vacation. I get my makeup done, my hair done, they dress me, and I get to say whatever I want to say. It's hilarious. They don't script me because I can't remember them. So they just let me ad lib all my scripts, and I have a I have a blast. They sort of point me in the right direction. They tell me what we're doing, and because it's such a natural business for me, I feel very very comfortable to to comment and absorb what's going on. So it's a it's a four-week vacation. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I I, uh, I feel like I know you after, I don't know how much time we just spent together, but it's been a pleasure we, sitting we, down with you. We had a nice chat. We certainly did. Mark McEwen, it's been a pleasure talking Kelly. to you, and I look forward to the show. It's on uh, Food Network Canada. It airs this Sunday night at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. 8 o'clock if you're setting your PVR for 10 o'clock. <laughs> I don't know. Don't miss it. It'll be great. Thank you so much. It's worth staying up for. All right. Cheers. Pleasure.